0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This JOYcast is a free service brought to you by JOY 94.9. Support JOY 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au.
1: Good afternoon, well five minutes into the afternoon, good noon Melbourne, this is Detours on Joy 94.9, I'm Mark, Uh, Greg can't join us today, unfortunately he's got a hairdressing appointment so he'll be in uh, later on today, Uh, but we do have a very interesting guest and today... We have Lucy Holdsworth. Lucy has done many a thing in her short life. And one of the most interesting things that she's going to talk about today, of a lot of interesting things, is some filming work she's doing with Amnesty International. And you can get involved. And that's the exciting thing. Uh, We've already put up the contact details on the Detours page on Facebook. So you can go and check it out. But if you're interested as you listen through, it's easy to find out how. Or we're inviting you to SMS on uh, 0427 joy949 four or email on air at joy.org.au and ask questions about how you can get involved or um, what the filming is about we'll go through more of those details but get excited reach out to us or reach out to Lucy and you can be a part of this uh, very exciting program so let's welcome Lucy Lucy how oh, there you are hello hi, hi. here <laughs> I am welcome to detours on joy94.9 Lucy much. We've got a lot of exciting things to talk about, but let's let's go to the beginning. Okay. Let's go right to the start of things, because you've got a, quite a fascinating career that you've worked across media, you've worked across the technical side, and you've been front of house. You've done a lot of different things. You've done modelling.
2: Yeah, that's probably my least proud accomplishment, <laughs> but there was a bit of that.
1: Yeah? yeah, so you've done a lot of different things. So you've been back of house, front of house. You've produced, you've filmed. You've got technical skills. Yeah, packed it in, packed it in, and and you're very young. So how how do you start in all this kind of thing? Take us right to the beginning of your your career. Okay. How can listeners uh, get in, in involved in things that you're doing? Sure. And and how can they they, they learn from how you've you've succeeded?
2: Uh, well, I've kind of gone round and round the houses, and um, there was never really a plan. To be honest, I feel quite. Lucky, blessed, fortunate in the right place at the right time. But um, I started by studying journalism uh, at University in London, which is where I'm from, or a town called Reading, but no one's really heard of that.
1: Oh, people have heard of the Reading Festival. Oh, Reading
2: Festival. Oh, yeah. On the way to Oxford. (laughs) I know. I love it. Fond memories. Yeah,
1: and gumboots. And gumboots. Wellington, sorry.
2: Lots of mud. (laughs) Um, But yes So I started studying journalism At um, London Institute And then I started to work For Cosmopolitan magazine Um, So that was my sort of press education uh, and then i moved from there into television production because there was a tv program on in the uk called model behavior and it was like a model search and my editor at cosmo magazine was on the panel of judges so is
1: this an early uh this was donkey's years ago this mo- was- what's that thing with is RuPaul's Drag Race, or yeah, <laughs> no, what's the other one? Um,
2: Heidi Klum, whatever. Yeah. There's been a million spin-offs Fashion. around the world, but yeah, something, yeah. Trying to find the next big thing in modeling. Okay, um, was this so... one of the
1: first shows? Is what I'm yeah, trying to I get at? I think it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there was a pilot to what's become a very big thing in the media, or yeah. popular media.
2: Yeah, but um, like I say, this this was going back quite a few years now. I'm not sure if it was the first of its kind, but it, it was that general Early days. theme. Yeah. Uh, and so I helped my editor put that together and it was my first um, first introduction into television production. and realised that I loved it and kind of preferred it more to um, Cosmo. was fantastic, but I'm, I'm not that bothered about fashion, etc. And getting my hands dirty in TV production seemed to be much more my cup of tea.
1: Okay, now tell the listeners, and mm. I've already given, let the cat out of the bag doing our promo with our friends at Saturday Magazine. But yeah. tell us about the famous show on the famous channel
2: ah oh, the bill
1: yes the bill it's
2: such uh it's quite loved over here isn't it it is because i used to work on eastenders as well but that doesn't seem EastEnders to be is fantastic a, oh good i'm glad you approve <laughs> um yeah the bill sadly is finished now um which mm. is terribly sad because it was a bit of an institution in the uk and went on for um yeah i grew up on it uh and it was so much fun to work on the cast and the crew were quite a family really and um, the hours that we worked and night shoots etc we uh we sort of worked hard play hard so it was it was a wonderful few years in my life and um freelance between uh that and eastenders and made music videos and as an art director so i was helping to design the sets and do the props and continuity and um all that kind of jazz
1: Making sure that the flower pots are filled with the same flowers in each scene. Yes,
2: (laughs) things that at the time seem incredibly important, but in hindsight weren't important at all. Unless you dedicated following every frame of the show.
1: But the bill is like uh, shows uh, like Prisoner, that years after it stopped, being screened, yeah. will still be watched and loved and adored. And, yeah, and I think so. Yeah, so what a thing to to have experienced.
2: It, it was it was amazing. I can't say uh, enough about it. I had an incredible time and. Um I went from being an art department assistant up to an art director, so they trained me up and, yeah, like I say, it was a family.
1: But not only train you up, it's the BBC who's doing that. Was the production company done in-house at BBC or is it an outside no, production actually, company for the BBC? No, actually, the
2: bill wasn't the BBC. The bill was Fremantle Media, so right. that was going on to ITV in the UK. I don't know right. which channel screens it here. But then, so I left to go to EastEnders and that was Oh, BBC. that was BBC. Yes. Well,
1: BBC is such a phenomenal institution for anybody who's involved in media because in, in the UK it touches uh web it touches radio it touches uh, television yeah, film it's massive uh, it? it's massive it's and it is such a well-respected and loved cultural and social institution and it is a uh, institution that people rely on for independent and informed sure. news sure and to go through that system you must have learned incredible skills and from incredible people oh, tell us about what absolutely
2: you um i mean the thing about it was to be quite honest, every my first few episodes that I filmed were, were quite terrifying because it's not the kind of job where if you're sick, you don't come in. If you don't come in, then the, the show's not made, and there's a crew of 40 people all pulling together. So, um, and the turnover to try and get the episodes out—it's it's really tight. And one mistake that you make means that you've got to stop, start again. So the pressure was, and I was um, I was pretty young, so uh, the pressure was phenomenal. But um, as a result of that, they uh, they're all very supportive, and you do. Um, yeah some of my mentors have uh they were very patient and and uh, lenient and i it was a wonderful education and for anyone that wants to get into tv production um yeah, I, I think how I first did it was I came over to Fox Studios in Sydney. Yeah. And I, um, this is when they were making quite a few films there. They were doing Matrix 2 and 3. And I snuck in and knocked on all the doors and all the production houses in Fox and said, Give me a job. And as I was being escorted out of the building <laughs> by security, one producer said, Oh, she's got. Um, gumption or words to that effect give her a job so they uh, they gave me a job as a runner
1: all right um hold on to that thought we'll yeah. talk about it in a minute we're, we're going to mm. hear more about you running around sydney getting work
2: okay
0: become a joy member so we can give you the best shows every day the world's most uplifting station call 1300 joy 949 joy 94.9 the perfect mix of music news and interviews joy ninety four
1: ninety four point nine. 94.9 Oh, so we were doing a bit of rapping there. So, <laughs> so Lucy, you um, came from the UK. Yeah. Lobbed up in Sydney. Yeah. And um, just before we go into some music we're about to put on mm. uh, here on uh, uh, Detoys Joy 94.9, mm. we have some South American music so Australia UK give us a little bit of uh, the spirit of why we're listening to this next funky track
2: yeah okay Um, well I decided to toddle off to Mexico um, with a month's notice handed in my contract on on the bill I think I was working and ended up in a jungle in Mexico teaching English and went on to, to live there for a while and then Argentina and I've just been sort of picking up Great uh, kind of Cuban Panama salsa songs ever since. Really. Okay,
1: what's the name of this track? What are we going to?
2: Listen um, to? Uh, so this is called "Moving Grooving," and it's called little. Uh, it's by Little Francisco Greaves, and it's off a Panama album.
0: Excellent. Joy ninety four point nine.
2: And nothing gets us
0: excited like detours on Joy 94.9.
1: It's eighteen min- minutes past twelve. You're on D- uh, join ninety four point nine, listening to Detours. This is Mark. Greg's away at the hairdresser today, and we have the lovely Matt here on mm-hmm. the panel. We also have Lucy here, Lucy Hi. Holdsworth, talking about um, many different things. Uh, a lot of her, the she's a very well travelled person, and she's got interesting media experience. And that track that we just listened to was "Moving Grooving" by Little Francisco. Greaves? Mm. Yeah. So how did you get onto that music? You were, you were working in Mexico teaching survival skills?
2: Uh, I was teaching, <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of that, actually. Uh, a curricular. jungle? Yes, yeah. um, yeah, so I was teaching English and uh, doing some community development work and living in a little hut by the beach. Wow. Yeah. So you are doing
1: a Bear grill style?
2: I was a little bit, yeah.
1: <laughs> so what part of Mexico Let's was that and how did you thinking. get into that? That's the fascinating thing because um, I want the listeners to know that they can uh, email us at onair at joy.org.au or SMS in o four two seven joy joy949 and ask questions about how to do things that Lucy's been involved in. Um, so you were doing this as a volunteer?
2: Yes, exactly. I researched organisations that you could go away with um, and I also wanted to, to always build on the resume, um, learn new skills, so I wanted to get my teaching English as a foreign language qualification. Right. So I found Global Vision International and right. I went with them uh, to Mexico and I was only supposed to go for five weeks I think and ended up there for six months because I loved it
1: Wow, so by volunteering you got the opportunity to go to Mexico to go into a place get under the skin of the country what what, what was the, the highlighting experiences what were the things you cherished the most from that?
2: Um, gosh, I really, I fell in love with absolutely every aspect to Mexico. It still has a big place in my heart to the point where I can't really think about it for too long without getting a bit sad that I'm not there. It really, wow. I've never, I've, I've been quite fortunate to have traveled a lot of the world and I've never been somewhere that's had quite such an effect. The people and the language and the food and the music and the culture and everything's very exciting.
1: So what did you learn or experience about the people in particular?
2: Um, I learnt that they're a fiery, passionate punch, which is...
1: (laughs) How do you mean? Do they set fire to things or...?
2: Um, Less arson, (laughs) more love. Oh, good. That's the good fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, I had a Mexican boyfriend. He was... um, He's right, on tell my us about Facebook, that. so I thought not say anything too inflammatory. Bless him. Um, but uh, yes, they're they're a passionate bunch. It's all it's all very it's all go the whole time. I'm from England. I like tea. I like just a calm, quiet, subdued life. But there was none of that in Mexico. And queuing. Yeah, I love a queue. <laughs> know where you are in a queue.
1: Do they queue much where you were in Mexico?
2: No, don't <laughs> think the word exists.
1: <laughs> okay, so. Um, through this program that you went, yep. uh, there were plenty of other uh, people and there were some high-profile people that you uh, were talking about before who have done similar things.
2: Yes, there were. So I um, I went on from Mexico to live in uh, Bermuda and Argentina and Spain and lots of exciting places. But the, the organization Global Vision International that I went to Mexico with, then gave me a job in uh, Australia. So that's how I came to Melbourne um, as their outreach manager. And so I got the likes of Ruby Rose to go on one of our projects. She went to Fantastic. Laos. Yep, she did some work with some um, some monks there. She taught some English as well. So if you go with an organization like GVI, you can pretty much go anywhere in the world that particularly interests you. You can do environmental work. You can do community development. You can learn how to teach. Um, work with animals, Uh, the world's your oyster, really.
1: Wow. So Um, um, aside from GVI, who you did um, some work with and who introduced you to Melbourne, um, there are some other... Uh, travelling-related uh, organisations that you're involved with. Tell us about some of those.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, well, when I... Uh, okay, so World by Cycle, I'd, I'd really like to to touch on. They are an amazing couple. He's, uh, he's Aussie and she's Canadian and right. they are cycling around the world. Um, filming their adventures, it's like thirty thousand kilometers, and they're doing it in a year. And um, you've got
1: the website for that that people can go
2: to. I do, I do. Uh, yep, that's on the Facebook. It's uh, worldbicycle.info, and they're filming their adventure. And it's incredibly strenuous, obviously, to cycle around the world, up and down mountains, etc.
1: I hear the world's a big place. Apparently
2: so. Yes, yeah. told me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Seven billion stories and counting. Um. And uh, yes, yeah, so that's what they're doing. They're filming it and they're trying to make a an educational um, platform so that schools and kids around the world can tune in and speak to each other and try and solve some of the world's um, environmental and and uh, social challenges. Really. So. so-
1: I know that you're involved with them to a degree. How yeah. do they um, do that as they're going around? I mean, I'm assuming they're partially self-funded and as they go around, they, they work with people. So education yeah. would be a big part of what they're doing. Yeah. They can't carry a huge amount on those bikes apart no. from themselves.
2: Absolutely. Um, Nick, has a uh, he has a camera and he's kind of the techie one out of the two of them. Um, and I mean, this initiative has been um, backed by the United Nations. Uh, so yeah, funding is an issue but when I was with them I I was brought in to film the section the story of the shoe so they're asking questions of where the things we buy come from
1: tell us more about this this is fascinating Mm. we um, uh, you'll you you want to SMS uh, join Melbourne and ask more questions um, on detours at the moment of Lucy Holdsworth tell us about the story of the shoe
2: yeah well we were we were just interested um, kind of how the death of craftsmanship is is, seem to sadly be coming about and how uh, shops on high streets it's all quite generic now and, and there's not like you don't go to one country for a certain thing. Everything's mass-produced and we as consumers are very interested in in just buying the cheapest, um, understandably. Uh, But as a result of that, we're not knowing where the things we're buying are coming from and the work that was involved in going into them and how much people are getting paid to make them and um, giving very little care and thought into it and discarding them and so landfills piling up. And so we just wanted to ask... Where the things we buy come from, trace the stories of this, and and okay. get some interest into it. But it's all very positive. It's not it's not designed to make anyone feel bad. It's just asking questions.
1: So tell us a little bit more about the the filming of the story of the shoe. Yeah, where were you?
2: Um, I did the section in Italy and Ooh, it nice. yeah it and was and that's
1: a country full of people that like their shoes
2: yeah they do love their shoes they're and quite they
1: great shoes they do
2: they do but so, amazingly the more that we investigated this there was there was less um craftsmanship as i say and there was more mass production even in italy so we went around and we were asking people Why? on high streets because i think again it's it's price we're we're interested in in big labels and how much and what deals and sales we can get. So we were asking questions for um, for people in high streets. You know, how important is it to you that what you're buying is made in Italy? So, And no one really cared.
1: Yeah, but what's happening to the Italian craftsperson?
2: So they, they're kind of going under, very sadly. That was one of the conclusions we were coming to. We asked um, a few people that had been laboriously tailoring clothes and shoes all of their lives and it really is a dying trade, um, yeah.
1: What about young people going into the crafts and, and, and learning how to make shoes? Are there many young Italians mm, going into that? Or no, not at all. Out?
2: I mean, I'm sure that there still are but the the majority of people that we asked of, of all ages... It wasn't important to them that what they were buying was made in Italy. That you know how much time and effort and love went into the garment that they were wearing. They were just more interested in either the label or the price.
1: How can people see the story of the shoe?
2: Uh, so the section that I have worked on, the story of the shoe, is in editing at the moment. But they they've travelled around West Africa, so that unit's underway. They've also done a Central Asia unit where they've been cycling through the Kyrgyzstan mountains wow. and talking to. Wow. Yeah. I mean. Wow. It's it's <laughs> an incredible, incredible project. So, do go to their site, worldbicycle.info, and you'll have lots of different videos on there that you can see what they've been getting up to and a bit of the stuff I worked on as well.
1: Thanks, Lucy. It's 26 minutes past 12. Stay with us, Joy 94.9. I've
0: been around the world. Hi, we're Rockwell. We've been around the world, and nothing gets us excited like detours on Joy 94.9 most amazing gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9.
1: Good afternoon. It's 29 minutes past 12. You're in Joy 94.9, listening to Detours with Mark and Greg. He's not here with us today, but he's thinking of everybody. We have a special guest today. Her name is Lucy Holdsworth. She's done a lot of travel around the world and she's about to um, tell us more about some of her South American experiences. Mm. And then we're going to go into another song, which is another Latin American number that she's going to talk about because I can't pronounce it. (laughs) Lucy, take it away.
2: Okay. So it's a song called Uraris, which means you'll cry. Told you they love a bit of passion. Um, And it's by by baby caster con las juveniles which is means um baby caster con with the juveniles
1: <laughs> <laughs> what kind of
2: juveniles delinquents it's his, it's his band just let him do it oh right
1: good on him <laughs> let's listen to the, the right. maracas yeah okay
0: <laughs> joy 94.9
1: get more of the fresh new sounds from around the world joy 94.9 it's 27 minutes to one you're on uh, joy 94.9 listening to detours with mark greg's not here today but we do have lucy the lovely lucy and we have a question from a listener we have the lovely Mm -hmm. jody who regular listeners would remember for the last 16 years of being on detours jody has emailed in and asked uh, the uh, lucy what are the top tips about keeping your travel documents safe when you travel? Thank you, Jodie. That's a really good question. Mm. And uh, that was something that you were discussing earlier, Lucy. How, what would you say to Jodie?
2: Uh, well, I think basically common sense. Um, there are, I know there are different perspectives on it. Some people think that if you deliberately look too cautious then you're going to attract trouble to yourself and to try and look as least like a tourist as possible but um clearly that's not always possible i stuck out like a sore thumb when i lived in argentina and mexico
1: do you speak spanish i do yes so that's helpful at least and you understand the culture which helps yes did you wear a fanny pack and no
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's always been my motto in life avoid the fanny pack um Uh, You know, I I mean, I don't know. I've done a fair bit of backpacking, but then I've also lived in places. So uh, I I try not to take everything around with me. But um, when I was in Mexico, I'm not quite sure if it's the law, but you're certainly supposed to carry a copy of your passport everywhere in case you get in trouble. And Mm -hmm. I have had quite a bit of stuff stolen over the years and spent a I was uh, I was in my apartment in Mexico and I had the front door open to try and get some breeze and it was on the sixth or the seventh floor, so I didn't imagine anyone could scale, um, but they could. Uh, and so I came out of the shower and uh, handbag was gone and then quite surreally, uh, all of my fellow teachers in Mexico for some reason the running joke was Lucy Holdsworth like you had to pronounce you had to say both of my names it sounded more authoritative or something and the next thing I know I can hear somebody in a thick Spanish accent shouting out Lucy Holdsworth so I run to the balcony and look over the side and there's a Mexican policeman with um, a young thug in an arm lock Shouting out my name, that he's reading from my my driver's license, from my wallet, from my bag. That this guy has just scaled the walls for. uh How exciting! It was quite exciting, but it was better th- than the bill. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I told them Real crime.
1: Know. <laughs> so the perpetrator was apprehended.
2: He was, but it wasn't as simple as all that trying to get it back because then there's a fair Why? amount of corruption involved. So even though there was my photo on the driver's license, that wasn't enough apparently to prove that it was my bag and. Um, Quite a bit of money had to to um, change hands in order to get it back.
1: Okay, so. On, on this subject, and I'm really glad Jody brought this up because we were talking before about some of the other security issues or the other things you had to be very conscientious of yeah. when you're writing stories. You weren't a gotcha journalist. You weren't coming in from Fox News to no. tell stories about the country and the government. Yeah. But still there are sensitivities, particularly in some of the emerging countries, sure. about what gets said about people, how it gets said, the content, the tone. Yeah. What were the things that you needed to be really mindful of while well, you were you were a guest in these countries, you were you were foreign and a foreign national, and yeah. you were writing and talking about them, what were the sensitivities? I'm assuming you were writing uh, for English language media or were you doing yes. really Spanish?
2: yeah, no, English language media. Um, a couple of things, like uh, I was covering a football, a soccer game when I was living in Argentina, uh, but they wouldn't, violence is so prevalent at soccer games there that you're not even allowed to take a, a pen in. That could be used as a weapon.
1: Oh, right, so you can't take a shiv to the game. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Goodness. Yes, so that was quite strict. Um so, yeah, you just have to adapt. So really. what can you
1: take into a game then? Not do they make, very, take your shoelaces not. off and your belt?
2: Um, they, didn't, they didn't take my shoelaces out. I can't remember <laughs> what I had on But I wasn't allowed to take any water in. I don't know what they imagined I was going to do with some water, but that was definitely taboo. Throwing the container? Or could you buy it on the
1: inside? What could you buy on the inside? I don't
2: know. The mind boggles, doesn't it? Um, I mean, it can't be like flying on an aeroplane. I'm not going to make stemtex out of it or something. I don't know. But yes, uh, so the strict policies.
1: um, Right. But when when you're inside the game, what what, what invokes this violence? We know that you've talked about South American um, uh, passions and the the, the Latin culture is very um, uh, forthcoming with its emotion and and expressive. And that's very exciting. And uh, what about alcohol is that another element that's added to it were people drinking a lot of no, that amazing God, no, Argentine I mean, wine or well, are they not uh, drinking what, what gets them to fight
2: uh, I don't I don't think they needed booze to get infuriated about the opposing side to be honest <laughs> okay, um,
1: <laughs> so straight up passion <laughs>
2: yeah I think so no passion pop, t- just I'm the telling passion. you really they're a different bunch to the English they're um they're very excitable. Well, my having said that, obviously English soccer fans get, get well, a bit worked I, up as well.
1: <laughs> yes, they, they do froth up at times. It's,
2: <laughs> my it's, it's,
1: it's happened. Um, okay, so what did you learn from that experience? What was the thing that you really took away from having to be mindful of different things than you would have been? Because the UK is a country, uh, uh, very much like Australia, where you can have an opinion and you're expected to express sure. your opinion and you're protected by law, you're protected by what the society thinks is yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, you're very free. So you, then you go to South America, and then you get things.
2: Well, as infuriating as it is, um, especially being a woman, um, and it is quite a machismo. It's a, it's a very male-dominated uh, part of the world, Latin America. So that's quite frustrating. You can't just. You just have to be respectful of their culture, though, even though you don't think you, there's equality or fairness. You just have to use your common sense. Like I went to a park one time, and I took my t-shirt off to I had a bikini on um, but to do some some baking that that didn't well it did go down particularly well actually that was a problem so there fast emerged a little crowd surrounding me so there's oh, you just have God. to yeah <laughs> you just have to think everything through
1: okay so aside from attracting passionate crowds around you um what were the other other things i mean you you touched on about um uh sexism did you find being a woman that you were put at a serious disadvantage in uh some other we don't have to mention the countries and we don't want to be be critical of people or their cultures but um in general did you find yourself at a a significant disadvantage because of your plumbing
2: (laughs) Why? um i i don't know if it was disadvantageous um certainly you are going to attract attention if you're a foreign woman mm-hmm. you have different hair color skin color and, and also colour. you've
1: modeled so but you're a, you're a very attractive young woman so that's Ooh, you're going to get attention wherever you go
2: um well yeah i i guess so so it, you know but, but that can be that can help you know that can get your foot in the door you just have to to as i say respect the cultures and understand that that things work differently in different parts of the world.
1: What surprised you the most about uh, uh, the difference between coming from uh, uh, Australia or the UK, which is both very, very similar culturally in most respects, and then going to Latin America? What was the thing that really stood out from a woman's point of view?
2: Um... Probably that after a certain age, most women are. Um, no, I'm not going to say most, but uh, it's in some areas. I was, for instance, I was living up in the Andes when I was in Argentina, and girls there were having children um, pretty young. They were getting married, and there was the, the. It was down to the guys to to be the breadwinners. Um, so me travelling around and asking people uh, questions and stories, that was, I was I was strange. I was different to them. They didn't understand. How how you know where were my kids where how could i leave my husband and my family um so yeah so it's cultural exchange you tell them what what you're so, up to and you ask what they do
1: because you exist and live your life outside of their functioning paradigm how unusual were you were you considered uh, Ooh, as, was very unusual as fascinating or were you considered a yeah. Th- Heretic. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, so um, obviously Argentina and the UK uh, have fallen right. out previously. <laughs> um, we'll just leave it at that. So, well, I- the Falklands were worth it. <laughs> 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 Are they? yes um las malvinas as uh, the argentinians call them uh, the islands malvinas uh, so when i was doing border control which i needed to do every three months i'd go over to chile santiago to sort my visa out um and i would use my australian passport rather than my british one right just it you just got through quicker and you the, there was less miserable grumpy faces
1: is there still a lingering oh, uh, yeah. uh distaste for yes. all things british or british people or uh,
2: n- not what well, uh, my uh my Thatcher? Uh, Thatcher's not that popular. Uh, Where is say. she popular? No, this is apart is from the narrow street movies. Point. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I try to avoid that. I was pals with Thatcher um, and uh, as I say I'd, I'd kind of um, pump up the uh, the australian link mm. there. Right. Um but uh, and and um the Argentinian Prime Minister she's um she's still quite keen on getting control back of uh, of the islands is now. She, so um Is she rattling sabres? Yes. Well I wouldn't go um head to head with her. She's she's quite a force to be reckoned with.
1: And she wants Los Malvinas back here. She
2: wants him back, yeah. Um but honestly on a one to one um with all my friends there we we never got into it. I just found it easier to travel on my Australian passport. But right. okay. um, People people are very good at taking it face value. If you're nice and polite and ask questions and smile mm. and, and you know indulge hospitality, then they don't really mind where you're from. Well,
1: they pretty much know that you're not Margaret Thatcher. Uh, you're not Margaret Thatcher. I'm not. Right? Let's okay, just good. set that we're record straight that right up. now. <laughs> okay. Um, we've got um, some more messages, a lot more questions. We want our listeners to uh, reach us at onair at joy.org.au. We're about to talk about uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Lucy about what she's doing with uh, Amnesty International and uh, her filming and how you can get involved. Uh, if you've got any questions, um, send it through, but we are going to give you more information. Lucy will be talking to those points. Um, you're on uh, Detours, Joy
0: 94.9. You'll never need to miss another show. Check out the Joy podcasts, joy.org.au. I've been around the world. Hi, we're We've been around the world and nothing gets us excited like Detours on Joy 94.9.
1: It's 14 minutes to one. You're uh, listening to Detours on Join 94.9. We're with the amazing Lucy Holdsworth. Ooh. I'm Mark, and we've got the beautiful Greg pa- uh, No, the g- beautiful Greg missing and the even more beautiful Matt panelling. <laughs> I'm glad we've sorted that what all beautiful out. beautiful people we are. Yeah, I know, yeah, right? <laughs> Come down to the quiz tomorrow. <laughs> um, we have another question, uh, um, a really, really good question. Um, Grant has uh, emailed in, Hi guys, loving the show and hearing about the travels. I'm curious about how you sustain yourself financially as a volunteer. It's a really good question because then we're going to ask you about what you're doing next. Sure. How do people traditionally go about this, apart from the obvious saving your money? Yeah. um, What what are the ways to enable if you don't have that ready source of cash?
2: Sure, absolutely. Um, Well, for me, I wanted to get out of uh, media and I wanted to give something back. And I had investigated joining various different organizations trying to get find work within the red cross etc and i had come to the conclusion that the best bet would be to start off volunteering and get your foot through the door um and that worked out well for me because i then got a job with global vision but um i think the general consensus is to do if you're freelance like me you do one for love one for money so i volunteer and then i'll do a job that pays and um by that way then you can pay the bills plus. plus contribute to so There's no
1: easy way, really. No, mean, no. You're, n- you're
2: never going to be loaded. But, no, uh, well,
1: you don't go into it for that. No. But unless you have some money saved away and unless you can live frugally, it's going to be a challenge.
2: Sure. I mean, I... I was quite fortunate that I had skills like writing, where you can so you can take them around the world. A um, oh, good point. So I was working for a magazine, so they paid me for every article, like the the one about the football, um, right. and you know they it was an adventure extreme sport magazine, so they had me jumping off cliffs and all manner of exciting things and getting paid for it. So and then okay. I would volunteer teach on my weekends. and um, uh, so Okay, yeah.
1: so you you really looked at yourselves as, uh, as a seven day a week person. You weren't a nine to five
2: Perth. No, no, not at all. And okay. it's not an easy ride. Um, right. But then when I got my teaching English as a foreign language qualification as well, um, you can put an advert in the local paper wherever you are in the world. You can teach English um, and you can earn quite a bit of that one-on-one.
1: Okay. So then you can do your volunteer work and then you can do some tutoring. Is that what you're sure, saying? Sure, exactly. And, okay. So that opens up some opportunities. Are there legal requirements or are you doing this all... Um, I think it was within a, the visa that you were on.
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and I was doing quite a bit of. Uh, I did some one-on-one teaching when I lived in Spain, and I have a British passport also, so that was part of the EU, so that was fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, I also for some of the uh, off the beaten track places that I have lived and worked and travelled in, you just kind of exchange skills. Um, for example, I was serving food and pouring pints at a hostel in exchange for room food and board i okay. ended up cutting hair for people for a bit of extra cash it sounds like i don't <laughs> advise that by the way because I'm terrible at it. um but you don't—you can make it up as you go along
1: okay so um grant the answer is work hard
2: yeah just be inventive. <laughs> not
1: really, I, I don't think that's really be, well, what you are after. be
2: inventive but, and resourceful.
1: Okay, I mean, be creative. And yeah, yeah. Is, is it true, um, we've got another question in from Mark from Melbourne who uh, said that um, ra- raising funds is a matter of being creative in a, in a market where people allow. I don't really understand the, I don't think it's a question, I think it's a yeah. statement. Is that, is that true that the market allows that, the community you're in um, is open to you? sourcing different sure. ways of making money
2: yeah i mean for example the the world bicycle um the two of them that are cycling around the world that i mentioned earlier uh they have had uh, an incredible amount of feedback just spending a few weeks with them in italy every village and town and city we they cycled into me with the car and all the camera equipment um all their supporters would come out and, and we were welcomed into people's homes we were fed uh so people were, were giving back and, and funding, not so much with money, but with their time and their hospitality, uh, it was incredible, it was such an insight into um, Italian culture, way more than if you do have the cash and you're staying at a hotel.
1: Well, on the subject of all the supporters coming out of the woodwork, let's mm. talk about what you're doing right now and, and how yes. Joy listeners can get involved. They Great. can um, find out how to access you um, yeah. and they can email or SMS in right away, on air at joy.org.au or... Uh, Zero four two seven joy 949 you can SMS in, or you can go to the Facebook page, which you just go to Facebook and search for uh, uh, Detours Joy 94.9. Lucy, tell us what you're doing now, and let's get some people involved with you.
2: Sure. So when I came to Melbourne, I started a meet-up group called Melbourne International Volunteers. We now have nearly 400 members, so I was getting different organisations down to, um, to give presentations and how we can get involved and volunteer here in Australia, as well as abroad. And uh, one of the organisations I got down was Amnesty International Australia. And they have asked me to start a film group for them. So we're going to be screening humanitarian films around Victoria. And um, and this is really a shout out to anybody that wants to help me do this.
1: So where in Victoria are you going to be going?
2: Everywhere. Everywhere. So Yeah, my plan is to travel to a few uh, music festivals, festivals. Um, and alternative festivals this summer and, and do some workshops and screen some docos and and get people uh, who are interested in film and, and human rights involved so that they can then screen the films that we're making and have already made uh, in their local cinemas and theatres so we can bring big messages. And so what
1: skills are you after?
2: Well, it, honestly, I, I don't need that much in the way of skills. Obviously, if you're if you have a passion for making film um, and you want to get into it and you have a camera, then get in touch and, and we'll make some films. But if you're just interested, you support Amnesty, or if you're interested in film, or if you're interested in human rights, then also get in touch because I would love your help too. We need to find venues to screen these films, and we okay. need to generate some PR in our local newspapers. And the more, the more, the merrier to to spread read some incredible messages really.
1: Yeah, let, let's get some people involved. That's very exciting. And mm. and talking about getting involved, here we have Pete Dillon. You're going to be involving us in something delicious for our tummies, filling us up Yes, well, I was from actually the inside. Thinking
0: I know a couple of um, really incredible wine cellars that would be perfect for the whole 30, 40, 50 people that would be able to screen some of these films. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, screening venues. And of course, whilst you're there, you can have a glass of wine.
1: Oh, good. Talk to us about wine, Pete Dillon. Well,
0: today's show pretty much has a very strong wine influence. We are talking about the launch of the Rosé Revolution, uh, which kicks off. This week uh, this
1: rose, is, no, no, Take us back The rosé revolution Is this
0: Mal's next adventure? No, 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 no This is all about um, Getting people to understand That rosé is not Shouldn't taste like um, Nasty cordial It actually is um, It should be a nice Dry, savoury um, and Wine Which is perfect For summer it's perfect for a whole bunch of cuisines. It goes really well with Thai food. We tend to sort of think, oh, get a white or a red. But rosé is, it's a, it's a revolution. This is, it's now, it's, um, I think this is the fourth or fifth rosé revolution. So it's held every year um, to encourage people to drink more rosé. Excellent. So it's, Excellent, it's so. one of my favourite times of year. So cravings um, at one o'clock on join 94.9. Yeah, we're going to talk, oh, go talking yes. about um, Wine Rules, which is a charity event, um, pitting a whole bunch of wineries against one another for games of touch football. Um, and uh, finally, we'll talk to someone from All Saints Winery about the uh, Dinner with the Angels at um, the NGV at the end of November, which raises the money for Anglican. Dinner with the Angels, yeah. that
1: sounds either ominous or fascinating. Oh, it's fabulous. <laughs> Best chefs in Melbourne will be Is there. It? I'll talk more about it at one o'clock. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I'm going to be listening into Detours, uh, uh, Craving, sorry, following Detours on Joy 94.9. Lucy, um, one quick question. Who's the most fascinating person you have met on your travels? Greg, who can't be here today, wants to know.
2: Oh, I thought I had to say Greg, Um, because he was definitely up there on top five. (laughs) 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 Oh, uh, I have. Obviously, I love my friends and family back in the UK, but um, the people that I have met from these last few years of travelling uh, have have just opened opened my my mind, my imagination to the possibilities. Uh, I don't know, a, a community too many. too many to mention. swarthy boyfriend or two? One or two of them, I suppose, yeah, go on.
1: You're on Joy 94.9.
2: Listen to Joy when you want, where you want, with the Joy app. Download it for free
0: at joy.org.au. I've been around the world Hi, We've been around the world And nothing gets us excited Like detours on Joy 94.9
1: it's four minutes past one. I just got a haircut from that low-flying plane. What's going on? Is Santa in town or something? If you're in the city, watch out, because I think the half of the town is closed down for uh, festive festivities, festivist time. We've had Lucy Holdsworth. Thank you for joining us today. You've been Thank fascinating. You. And you've got so many amazing things going on, and you've done so many amazing mm. things. What's what's in the future for Lucy?
2: Um, hopefully some more filmmaking uh Combining media with uh, humanitarian good deeds, I think.
1: Excellent. So people can reach out to you at. uh, Do you want to read read us the uh, email address? It is on the Detours uh, Facebook page. So it is.
2: So it's filmgroupvic at amnesty.org.au.
1: Okay, brilliant. Uh, well, thank you, listeners, for listening into Detours today. It's been an absolute thrill to have Lucy Holdsworth with us. Thank you. Um, Greg will be back next week, and we've got a very exciting program, but we're not going to tell you anything about it because we want you to listen to Join 94.9 the whole way. If you're not a member, become a member. If you're not coming to the um, uh, the Join 94.9 trivia extravaganza, reconsider it. Tomorrow at Chapel of Chapel, it's going to be amazing. You're going to be able to meet all of your favourite um, voices and put them to faces, and it will be a thrill for everyone. Okay, thank you very much. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Detours Joy
0: 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au.